Peace, power, and prosperity, family. How we doing out there? The Bitcoin block will be coming to you once again. And I'm going to be doing a three-part series as a more updated introduction to what exactly is decentralized finance. And this is a space that I believe is actually going to be the immediate future of those individuals that not only can harness the education and the power of blockchain technology and being able to finance oneself decentral, um, decentralized or through decentralization, also those in a different tax bracket Whereas to utilize a number of the tools within this space as of right now, being as new that it is, it takes that initial collateral, meaning that you have to have actual assets to put up in order to finance oneself and diversify within your portfolio or take care of any other um, financial obligations that you may have. So... These tools, though they can be utilized by any and everybody, will, as of right now, only be able to be a golden ticket to individuals who, number one, know the difference between assets and liabilities, and number two, those who actually have assets to put up as the collateral. And um, as I get through this first episode of what's going to be a three-part series, as I said, on what is decentralized finance, um, why do we need it, and then how to safely use it. I'm going to first break down exactly what is traditional finance, because I think that's one of the things that a lot of individuals get caught up on is trying to figure out something new when you don't know the origin of which this new evolution has come out of. So decentralized financing is pretty much the dark side, I don't want to say the dark side, but the more transparent, permissionless, and borderless um, version of traditional finance. So first and foremost, let me give a uh, good morning to those, or a grand rising, excuse me, to those that will be listening in on the New Money Matrix podcast, be it... um, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, whatever the, uh, the listening apparatus may be, and those that will be lit watching, excuse me, watching on the Bit Patreon page. And I may post this to the normal YouTube page, though I'm trying to get a lot of my followers over to utilizing a number of these different decentralized social applications that are available to us. So, just as a, uh, uh, Definition, first and foremost, what is finance? Um, Per Wikipedia, finance is defined as a field that is concerned with the allocation of assets. Um, And allocation, just so that we do do know, is the process. Hold on. The process of procedure for allocating things, especially money or other resources, so passing things along, so. Um, It's a field that is concerned with passing of assets and liabilities over space and time, often under conditions of risk or uncertainty. 
Finance can also be defined as the art of money management, which, depending on what our upbringing is, a lot of us are not taught this within the household, nor are we taught in the public um, teaching schools that are available to us. Now, another definition from Corporate Finance Institute defines finance as the management of money includes and includes activities like investing, borrowing, lending, budgeting, saving, and forecasting. Corporate finance also includes the tools and analysis utilized to prioritize and distribute financial resources. So we're looking at the word finance as a verb or action word as it is the actual action of a number of different actions under one umbrella that is finance, though you have under that umbrella investing, borrowing, lending, budgeting, saving, um, interest gaining also. So when we look at what decentralized finance is and what it allows us to do, two of the main functions is borrowing and lending, which is the borrowing of assets or the lending of assets one of which you gain interest, one of which you pay interest. You understand? Um, both of which you have to have the initial collateral in order to harness either side of the fence. So we're going to start this off with a seven-minute read from Stably on uh, Medium. And it is entitled Decentralized Finance versus Traditional Finance. And I'm going to use this and piggyback off of the information presented in this and add my own commentary to try to come to a determination and a proper but simple understanding of what exactly decentralized finance is. So the article goes on to state, decentralized finance or DeFi is an emerging industry that promises to revolutionize the traditional finance sector. The need for an open transparent and secure financial system is the key driver behind the decentralized finance versus traditional finance debate. So it does not come as a surprise that decentralized finance is slowly emerging as an alternative to today's financial system. Decentralized finance, which is a blockchain-based concept, calling it concept though it is in the works, um, blockchain-based as whereas it runs entirely on the blockchain. Um, which is a distributed ledger. Anyways, decentralized finance has the potential to disrupt traditional finance because of its ability to be a financial tool that is outside of government and regulatory control. And this dives into the simple fact that it is permissionless, meaning there's no gatekeeper or anyone at the teller booth or the front door, whatever the case may be, to tell you that, hey, you can't lend this, you can't loan this, you can't borrow this, you can't gain this. You understand what I mean? Um, regardless of number one, age, um, race, or rather nationality, um, color, whatever creed you may be under, whatever religious preferences you may have, even your credit score alone, let alone identification period,
can stop any individual from utilizing decentralized finance protocols. So that's one of the biggest differences between decentralized finance and traditional finance. Whereas in order to operate and, um, you know, hop on within the traditional finance space, number one, one has to be able to at least open up some type of money market account, savings account, banking account, right, checking account, which does actually um, require you to have an identification card, be it a driver's license, state identification card, passport, nationality card. So one of the biggest differences is that this is truly open to the masses and those that actually or may be living in a country or part of the world that is, for the most part, unbanked. So just uh, going on with the story, it goes on to say the creation of completely decentralized and independent financial systems has since continued to gather space amidst growing calls for data and privacy security. What is decentralized finance? At its simplest, decentralized finance is an open financial sector that runs on software built on top of a public blockchain. It involves the building of financial products and services on top of a blockchain with the aim of promoting or enhancing the development of an open financial system. DeFi seeks to revolutionize the financial sector by acting as an alternative to centrally governed institutions such as banks, that have historically acted as financial intermediaries. DeFi leverages a set of progressive, agile tools to give control to the users, meaning there is no intermediary, there is no counter counterparty. Um, once again, there's no one that can tell you that you're not eligible for this loan. As long as you have the collateral, anyone is open up to gain uh, what I would like to call a self-loan. Through the use of maybe MakerDAO's CDP um, dashboard, which is a collateralized debt position, different from a collateralized debt obligation within the traditional world of finance. It goes on to state, the fact that the new trend offers extra functionality in addition to reducing operational risk makes it an ideal replacement to the current financial system. Decentralized finance started gaining prominence as a replacement for the traditional finance system in 2018. When 15 Ethereum-based projects came together with the aim of building an independent, secure, and open financial system, some of the early proponents behind the DeFi movement included MakerDAO, Origin Protocol, and Paradigm, which MakerDAO is the original platform that allows you to create a CDP, or collateralized debt position. So what are the differences? Decentralized finance versus traditional finance is, hotly debated, is a hotly debated topic. The two differ primarily on three key points. In addition, or excuse me, in decentralized finance, a public blockchain acts as the trust source, governing all operations in the financial sector. In contrast, public governance, which entails laws and licensed financial institutions, act as the trust source, governing all operations in the traditional finance, 
And it is that public governance that is the ones, in my belief, that puts those restrictions on certain individuals, whether or not they can use such tools to their advantage to better themselves within the world of uh, economics and finances. Meaning that you can be denied a loan simply because of not only possibly nationality or lack of lack thereof, but also zip code, um, meaning the area in which one may reside, a domicile, and a number of other factors that could get you, um, I mean, one of the biggest, depending on the demographic that you are familiar with, um, a credit score, to whereas at times getting a loan, even a collateralized or a secured loan, may mean putting up more than what one could um, facilitate, especially when adding on the amount of interest that you have to pay back in the extreme conditions under which you have to pay it back. A lot of time when individuals put up such things as car titles and house deeds, they end up losing those. Number one, not because of the stringent or the um, risky... I want to say um, means or terms of the contract, but also because of the lack of knowledge of how to manage one's own funds and finance. To whereas if you are given complete control over that function and at the end of the day you don't own anybody but yourself, it puts that much more responsibility on an individual to whereas they can learn how traditional finance works from self-governing themselves in decentralized finance. Um, moving right along, though, um, decentralized finance continues to gain control in part because it is a more open and, and transparent than traditional finance. The lack of barriers to entry means anybody with programming skills can take part in building financial services and tools on top of public blockchains. So um, much like not many of us can go and open up uh, our own bank or financial institution and allow other individuals to utilize that financial institution. Anybody with a set of programming skills can open up a platform protocol that could be used by the masses within a decentralized finance space. And in contrast, cumbersome barriers to entry have made it improbable for the traditional finance system to embrace the emerging trend. The fact that one must obtain proper licenses and authorization from regulators has limited innovation around the traditional finance system. And that goes into what I was speaking on in the fact that what the many um, factors that can get an individual denied service of using many of the tools that are available to individuals in this traditional finance space. Um, so tr decentralized finance versus traditional finance, which one stands out? Decentralized, decentralized finance stands out as an alternative to traditional finance because it can do away with today's financial bureaucracy, which is a burden of today's financial system. The use of digital ledger technology, such as Ripple's XRapid, has made it possible for people to gain control over their assets and their personal financial data when transacting in the global financial sector. 
The use of open source code in developer tools present a unique opportunity as developers could now be able to experiment with more financial institutions, excuse me, instruments as decentralized finance continues to gather pace. Developers will be able to work around the clock without restrictions, upgrading financial products and instruments in the financial sector. Decentralized finance makes it possible for developers to come up with financial instru uh, instruments capable of operating digital assets without limitations. Tokenization of pretty much everything from loans to collateral or debt obligations could also become a reality. And keep just watch. Um, the fact that blockchain technologies are accessible and transparent can make the issuance of loans, repayments, and loan terms easily readable by machines and humans. Understand that we are moving in the age of technology and the age of artificial intelligence. Um, actually interacting hand in hand with humans. What you're looking at, um, for those that are, will be watching this, um, we're looking at a, a diagram of the, how the traditional system works. So you have you, who is the sender, who sends money through a bank. The bank connects to your Visa, MasterCard, Venmo, or PayPal. Then it gets sent to the bank of the receiver, and then it makes it to the receiver. Now, in the decentralized finance system, the funds go from you through the blockchain to the receiver. There isn't as much intermediary in between you and the other individual. And I've spoken on that many a time when speaking on Bitcoin and the fact that, in my opinion, we've never had the unit of value or the unit. Yeah, I guess I'll say unit of value being the Bitcoin actually be the currency and the means by which to send it. Because when you look at it, you just send Bitcoin by sending it. You understand what I mean? It not only is it the... The actual dollar, we could say, but it's the vehicle in which the dollar tra transports itself to other individuals or the blockchain in which it was created on top of, which really isn't the vehicle, but more so the ledger. Hmm, interesting. And not to get too, um, too much off topic, back on, 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 on point. So DeFi use cases. We're looking at the uh, banking services. Decentralized finance threatens to phase out traditional finance because of its ability to provide financial services without geographical barriers, and traditional finance has struggled to reach some remote parts of the world, leaving billions without access to banking services. Now, thanks to the integration of digital ledger technologies, or DLT, and applications, people in remote parts of the world can now access banking services through their mobile devices. For that reason, DeFi promises to succeed in areas where traditional finance has failed. Next, we have addressing global financial issues. Following the 2008 financial crash, many people lost their fortunes as a good number of banks went under. Concerned by the threat posed by the current global financial system, many people are looking at emerging technologies to shield themselves almost as a hedge against the falling economy. Um, for those that want a movie that sort of gives a comical but very well explanation of what happened in 2008, you should look at or watch The Big Short. Very, very, very good movie. Um, moving right along, it goes on to state, decentralized finance has also proven to be a reliable method of circumventing issues related to hyperinflation resulting from currency manipulation or unexpected devaluations, as is the case in China. 
and which they're speaking on the fact that they devalue their currency, not just China, Venezuela, Argentina, and a number of other um, world places that are slowly devaluing their currency. Um, next, you have circumventing censorship and restrictions. So the popularity of decentralized finance continues to grow because it could make it possible for people to circumvent bans or restrictions imposed by opposing governments, much like we see the U.S. putting bans or tariffs on many other world countries or other nations of the world. Um, I don't know if anybody was familiar with this story, but um, I believe... Let me see. Let me see if they do have... Let me see if we got any other news on that. Um, let's see. Okay. So they were speaking on... Actually coming out with a gold-backed... Iran next in line with this gold-backed coin. This is July 16th. This was two weeks ago. Okay, so they're saying it's not going to be backed by gold as firstly stated. Let's see. Block. I'm trying to see if it's stating exactly what it will be backed by let me see the Iran the state backed use of digital currencies and cryptocurrencies will be using them as a gateway to the developing financial world um let's see Even if we predict the Islamic Republic suddenly becoming very cozy with cryptocurrency, it may not offer a solution for the beleaguered country. I'm looking to see if they're saying what exactly it's going to be backed by. Let's see. So I'm not seeing um International Monetary Fund. So they're really just speaking about the United States sanctions against Iran. Which is an interesting story in and of itself. But they're not speaking about what they're going to be actually backing their currency by. But they were speaking about backing it by the uh, gold. Uh, moving right along. Let me see. Where do we leave off? Okay. The ability to provide uncensored access to global financial services is one of the reasons why decentralized finance will continue to stand out from traditional finance. In a world where people value their privacy, any product that makes it possible to avoid unethical privacy encroachments from authorities stands to be a successful one. The idea of building censorship resistance products in the financial sector will continue to fuel decentralized finance popularity. 
Um, next, we have financial creativity. Decentralized finance is also proven to be a reliable tool for enhancing the development of financial products that are in the past that in the past were the domain of large licensed institutions. Financial derivatives, as well as futures and swaps products powered by digital ledger technology, could soon become a reality given the amount of innovation around digital ledger technologies. And not even could be. A lot of the things that they're speaking on, you know, concepts and could be this, that, and the third, they're already here being utilized by probably only a couple thousand individuals out of the whole world, but they are here. Um, DeFi apps. Even though decentralized finance is still in the early stages of development as an alternative to the traditional finance system, a number of apps have already been developed. The apps are giving people a taste of what the financial future could look like. So with DAI, with a user base of 21,000 people, it's ranked as the largest decentralized finance app. As the creator of the MakerDAO stablecoin, the app makes it possible for people to receive loans by depositing Ethereum. The app is completely decentralized. I don't know what app they're talking about called DAI, but that's not the name of it, though. Um, anyways, we have Dharma Next, which is another decentralized finance app that operates as a lending platform. This app makes it possible for people to lend and borrow Ethereum regardless of their credit score. Next, you have the Bancord Network which is slightly different from the other two decentralized finance apps, as it allows users to trade cryptocurrencies without an intermediary such as a broker. And then you have Uniswap, Kyber Network, Zerion, Instadap. Um, there's a number of different decentralized, Nuo, um, Fulcrum, number of different decentralized platforms in, in the space for individuals can use. So um, what are the challenges? Any good technology is always prone to challenges that may derail its adoption and decentralized finance is no exception. One of the biggest challenges that could stop decentralized finance from replacing traditional finance system is the aspect of people being forced to use unregulated open source code. The fact that anyone can access a source code powering a decentralized finance system means anyone can hack smart contracts and steal all the keys, which could result in people losing substantial amounts of money. Always remember, we are in the beta stage of this. This is us actually breaking soil and starting to dig to see what we can find. So those that are utilizing a number of these different platforms are actually the pioneers. Um, the technology behind the decentralized finance application is still underdeveloped and unfriendly. It will always be prone to vulnerabilities that would damage the technology's reputation. The bottom line, while the use of digital ledger technologies in the global financial system is still in the early days, one cannot dispute this technology's ultimate potential. Decentralized finance has what it takes to revolutionize the financial sector in a time of growing concerns about data and privacy security. The fact that DeFi could result in so many people gaining access to banking services in areas where traditional finance has failed underscores its massive potential, and I do agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, decentralized finance will first have to address a number of issues pertaining to scalability, security, liquidity, and regulations if it is to replace today's financial system. And I'm going to be not the first, but I'm going to say this, that I don't think in a whole this is going to replace traditional finance, more so that it's going to be actually almost like how the U.S. operates anyways, where you have the public and the private, where one could be looked at as the public, this could be looked at as the private, 
Well, this could be looked at as a private since it's held by private bankers. And this could be looked at as a public as it's an open public blockchain. But this could also be looked at as a private because no one would know exactly what you, the individual yourself, are doing on the blockchain. Whereas with the bank and the KYC, meaning they need identification, you'll know everything. So it's, it's different ways you can look at one or the other. But I don't think one will replace the other more so than it will run on the side and give individuals the option to use it versus the other. So you can go with the traditional way or you can go the decentralized way. Um, with that being said, until the next video, until the next podcast, I hope that this was also, I hope that this was a fairly simple breakdown of what decentralized um, finance is. Um, versus traditional finance, if you can, let me know. For those that may be listening on the podcast, you can leave messages on the podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and those that will be watching, um, if you can, leave me a comment. Until the next video, until the next podcast, it's the Bitcoin Block Bully. Peace, power, and prosperity, family. I'm out of here.